Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we're reading 1 Kings 12. Special shout out to our Watermark Institute fellow, Hannah Stobbs, for helping with today's episode. And as always, thank you guys for leaving reviews on the podcast. It really helps others find Join the Journey more easily. And for some who discover the podcast, even read the Bible for the first time ever. So if you're listening on Spotify, you can leave a review by clicking the star at the top of the podcast page, if you haven't already. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review by scrolling to the bottom of the Join the Journey podcast page and using the stars that are listed under ratings and reviews. All that said, let's dive in. The Battle of the Boams, so to speak, takes place here in 1 Kings 12. Rehoboam and Jeroboam start out this section of Scripture as enemies, and as the passage ends, they are separate and the respective kings of the nations of Israel and Judah. Rehoboam in the south leading Judah, and Jeroboam in the north leading Israel. Both of these kings show huge lapses in judgment. The first mistake is made by Rehoboam. Rehoboam, he's next in line to take the throne of all of Israel. I think about it like this. Rehoboam, right. The double R's tell me he had the right to rule. As Solomon's son, he would reign on his grandfather's throne, his grandfather being King David, or at least he should. Talk about a lineage that is worth celebrating and some big shoes to fill. Despite his amazing lineage and the leaders he'd probably looked up to his whole life, we see a huge judgment error in Rehoboam's choices. He makes a decision that we can all fall victim to as he chooses to advice shop. To advice shop, due to the cost of building the temple and the construction of the palace, King Solomon had charged great amounts of taxes and labor from the people of Israel. They were some big projects. And since there was going to be a new king, Rehoboam, the people wanted to tell their new king their new expectations. With cries, they shouted, Your father made our yoke heavy and lighten the load and we will serve you. Honestly, these would have been pretty easy wins for Rehoboam, easy changes to make that would bless the people. In light of Israel's request for an easier or lighter workload, Rehoboam brought in two different groups of men for advice, an older group of men who'd advised his father and a younger group of men who'd he'd grown up with. The older men advised him to be kind to the people and lessen the load, knowing that as a leader, this would help him win over the people and it would ultimately bless them. Easy, Simple advice. When you read the passage, it seems like a no-brainer. On the contrary, though, the young men advised him to tighten his grip and make their lives even more difficult, to push harder, charge more, work longer. Essentially, make them wish Solomon was back in charge. Talk about two polarizing approaches. And so when I read this, it seems so obvious which one to pick. Rehoboam is given a choice. Which piece of advice should he take? His decision, though, was to, to listen to the folly of the younger men. And we're like, what? How could he make such a horrible decision? Proverbs eleven fourteen says, Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an, in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Rehoboam, he had an abundance of counselors, so how could this decision have been a mistake? Well, he chose to do what he thought would be best for himself instead of what was best for all of Israel. He chose the foolish advice. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 reminds us who we need to trust when making decisions. 
the Lord and not our own understanding. And because he made this poor decision or this poor choice, he had to suffer for it. The choices that we make, even when they feel small and inconsequential, can have life-altering ramifications. And Rehoboam experiences this firsthand as the passage continues, as life and death are in our decisions. He makes a choice to send one of his taskmasters out to the people. Sadly, due to Rehoboam's actions in making the workload harder, the people get pretty angry with this taskmaster. So much so that they stoned him to death on the spot. So let me say this again. Rehoboam's actions in making the workload harder made the people of Israel get angry enough to murder. And the lesson? Our actions always affect others. Take the time to ponder this thought. What seemingly small decisions are you choosing to make every day that are resulting in parts of your life bringing death rather than life? Maybe it's a metaphorical death, but think about it. Which decisions lead to life and which lead to decay? Are you choosing to fill yourself with social media instead of the word? That can be a choice of death, not life. Or choosing to fill your mouth with gossip instead of words that uplift and encourage? Every day, we make choices that can bring life or death. Maybe not literally like Rehoboam, but figuratively and definitely spiritually. The other failure that we need to consider in this passage is that of Jeroboam, the guy whom most of the people started to follow after Rehoboam failed. Now that Jeroboam is put in charge as king of Israel, he proves himself to be a man of insecurity. Israel and Judah had become separate countries, and Jeroboam was nervous about his own people's allegiance to him as king. He was the king of Israel, yet the city of Jerusalem, the former capital, was in the south, in Judah, which presents a problem. In theory, every year the people of Israel would go to Jerusalem for worship and make sacrifices in the temple. So that's the problem. Jerusalem, it's not in his territory. So Jeroboam, instead of trusting God to defend him and his leadership of Israel, chose to take matters into his own hands with eerily similar verbiage and tactics to the golden calf incident in Exodus 32.4. Jeroboam made golden calves for Israel to worship and put non-Levites in the priestly roles, both choices being in total opposition to God's laws. One commentator says, Jeroboam could best secure his throne by radical obedience to God, not by leading the 10 northern tribes into idolatry. Instead of leading the people of Israel toward God in faithfulness, he chose to lead Israel into a new religion that was out of personal self-preservation. And again, not, not only did he lead the people of Israel away from God, but he also pushed away people that wanted to follow God. A group of people actually fled the nation of Israel and moved to Judah because of this idolatry. One commentator says, the legitimate priests and Levites who lived in the northern 10 tribes did not like this. They, they didn't like the new religion Jeroboam created. They, along with others who'd set their hearts to seek the Lord God of Israel, moved from the northern kingdom of Israel to the southern kingdom of Judah twice during this period. 2 Chronicles 11. Spiritually speaking, Israel was struck twice, by the ungodly religion of Jeroboam and by the departure of the godly and faithful. There were few godly people left in the northern kingdom, the commentator concludes. Both Rehoboam and Jeroboam start off their reigns as kings with one bad choice after the next. Clearly, 
They're not following the Lord or asking for his guidance when making life decisions. And this presents a question to us. Where or when in our lives are we making unwise choices due to bad counsel like Rehoboam? Where or when in our lives are we making unwise choices due to bad counsel like Rehoboam? Or where in our lives are we making unwise decisions due to our own insecurities like Jeroboam? In both men's lives, we see the necessity of wisdom in the lives of God's people. Wisdom to combat bad advice and wisdom to call out the insecurity that lives in each of us for what it is. Troublesome. It shouldn't be taking the reins. It shouldn't be leading us. And lastly, we need the wisdom to trust the Lord with all our heart and not lean on our own understanding. When one way we do this is by reading God's word with others. So as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.